0: Alright, whoever you are, wherever you are, get ready for today's episode as we take a look at how stress impacts our business IQ now there is good stress there is bad stress and some of this is in your control some of it might have a little bit more to do with your environment so we are going to dive into well first of all how do we know if it's good or bad because sometimes these things can look pretty similar and do we actually want to eliminate all stress from our lives or just the bad stuff now I have seen my fair share of stressed out business leaders in my time believe you me And it's not always easy as turning it off. So let's dive into it. Let's take a little bit of a look at what we can take back control of. And let's see what we can actually do to get a little bit less stress in our lives. Let's do it. All right, folks, let's start off with the obvious. Stress is just this wild ride. It's ups and downs. It makes you feel like you can't breathe. It makes you feel like you're about to implode. It makes you feel like you're carrying around a 100 kilogram weight on your shoulders and like your brain is all gunked up with quicksand and Play-Doh and custard. <laughs> custard, I guess. But here's the thing, right? Not all stress is created equal. There's good stress and there's bad stress and When we know the difference, this can mean the difference between success and failure in everyday life, in everyday business. Now, let me get all sciencey for a little minute here, because we know through neuroscience that good stress, which we call eustress, this is actually really beneficial for your brain, and this can lead to improved performance and improved productivity. This is like that shot of adrenaline that gets you fired up and ready to tackle whatever challenge comes your way. Like, I can do it, I can do it, let's go, let's go. Now, eustress, it helps us to focus. It helps us to think more creatively. And it actually helps us to feel energized. But the thing is, eustress is temporary. It's like a burst of energy that comes in and then it fades really quickly. And if you're not careful... It can turn into bad stress and we call the bad stress distress and distress is the kind of stress that sticks with you. It's like that ex-lover that just you keep finding yourself going back to even though you know it's not good for you. It's chronic, it's damaging, and it can seriously <laughs> mess with your brain in the long term. Now when you're under distress, your brain is pumping out cortisol, that hormone that that helps us out with our fight or flight response. So this has all come from our survival tactics. So in short bursts, cortisol is good. It's helpful. We like it. But It can also flood your brain, like the way that you would flood uh, the the fuel in in your car or a lawnmower, and you've got to give it a little bit to let it all settle out, right? It can actually cause damage to the hippocampus, and that's responsible for learning and, and memory. So... It's kind of like just pouring acid directly onto your brain. And trust me, that's not a good thing. Not a good, we don't want, we don't want acid on the brain. So how do you know if you're experiencing eustress or distress? Because they can feel a little bit similar. And people have also said it's down to mindset. And look, mindset definitely plays a part in it. But there is a difference between the two on a neurological level. So let's start out with, trying to register how we're feeling at the time now you stress this makes us feel excited it makes us feel motivated it makes us feel energized distress on the other hand can make us feel overwhelmed it makes us feel anxious and it can make us feel exhausted so it's the so it, it's it, the, the tricky thing is it can feel a little bit similar. and if we think of it in terms of running It can be the difference between running a marathon, which can be tough, but you know what, we've trained for it and we're okay, we know that we're safe, we've got a clear purpose, or it can be like running for your life from a pack of like rabid dogs or a bear or something, right? So it's the difference between doing things on your terms and, help, and letting it help you and having things out of your control that you feel are out of your control where you're just running for dear life. And the problem is a lot of people don't actually recognize the difference between the two types of stress. A lot of the time we just say, I'm stressed. And that's the end of it. I love being stressed sometimes. And especially when we're doing um, some tricky client work or we're doing some real tricky problem-solving stuff, that is stressful. You know, those are the things where you sit there and you go, ah, why can't I just figure this out? and I love that. That's where I say fall in love with the process. These are the things that tell us that we're getting closer towards the end. So I I'm actually a little bit in I'm actually a little bit addicted to that feeling, if I'm honest. I love the hard, the tough, the tricky questions and the problems and the challenges. And that's what I seek out because I want those hits of eustress. stress. I want those things because when we look at growth, growth is stress plus rest. That's what growth is, right? So You need to have those feelings of eustress so that you know that you're growing the same way as your muscles at the gym. You don't just go and... And and have them around weights. You lift weights, and you're putting your muscles under stress. And when we do that, they reform new connections, and they come back stronger. It's the same way with our brain. So long as it's you stress that we are exposing ourselves to, and not the bad kind of stress, right? So this is the difference. People can feel like they're if they're feeling stress, it must be bad. But that's not always the case. Sometimes a little bit of stress can be a good thing if it's temporary. It can push you to work harder, it can push you to think more creatively, and it can help you to achieve your goals, even when you were stuck trying to achieve goals before. Now, the key is to find a way to manage the distress and to turn it into eustress, and I'm going to be talking about that a little bit later in the episode, um, because, look, I'd love to say that it's easier said than done, um, because there are some things that you can do to flick the switch pretty quickly. But it takes time. It takes effort. It takes learning and training, and you can become really great at this over time. This is where you can really learn how to turn um, that compost heap, that thing that you've kept as basically a second garden dump in the in garbage dump in your backyard, into a beautiful zen garden with beautiful flowers and vegetables. And it can be done. You just have to be willing to put in the work. That's basically what it comes down to. But we'll give you a couple of quick tips today, anyway. Now, one thing that you can do to try to change the way that you think about stress is instead of seeing it, and this is this is the mindset that I was talking about before, instead of seeing it as a negative thing, try to reframe it as part of the challenge, something that you can overcome and something that is a temporary state. You know, give yourself deadlines, set yourself, if I, I've got to do this by this time, and that could be 10 minutes away, right? And can I tell you, just go, do it. Get it done. You can always come back to it later. But while you're in that state, you are going to get a bigger benefit by just putting something down on paper, just coming up with an answer or a result or a solution. Even if it's not perfect, going around and around and around in your head trying to force these things is not the right way. Get something down in that quick five to 10 minute time frame that you've got and be happy with it chances are it's going to be mostly right. It could be entirely right, but it's probably at least going to get you 70 or 80% of the way there. Then you can come back to it later without losing the momentum that you've got up until this point. And when you come back to it later, what you're actually doing is you've come up with a solution. So when you go away, your brain is going to tap into the subconscious. It's going to start to think about these things in your default mode network, and it's going to make new connections, and it's going to come up with things to add to that without you even thinking about it. So harness your brain, right? Don't work against it. Swim with the tide. Give yourself that five to 10-minute deadline. Put something down, and then come back to it in a day or however long you've got, right? If you've got a week, come back to it in a week just from you making those decisions your brain will start to think about it without you having to to do it on a conscious level so leverage that and harness that now when Think of it like, you know, basically climbing a mountain and, and you set your base camp and you're going to come back to, and try and achieve the rest of it today. It's Yes, it's hard. It's exhausting. But when you reach the top, right, the view is going to be worth it. The feeling of oh, I did it is going to be worth it. And you're going to get some good photos for the gram. So, hey, if you're one of those types of people, go nuts. <laughs> now, another thing that you can do is you can take care of your physical health. I know, crazy, right? Exercise, eat right, get enough sleep, all of that stuff really helps you to be able to manage your stress and reduce it on the fly and to improve your overall well-being. And I'm also going to be talking a little bit about how you can change your environment a little bit later because you know it can have to do not just with what you're bringing to the party, but with what other people and what you're allowing yourself to be a part of is bringing to the party as well. Because let me reiterate, stress is an absolute mother flipper. Right, And it's not just because it can make you feel like you're about to jump out of your own skin. These are the feelings that we experience on a surface level, on a conscious level. But there's other stuff going on. Long-term, ongoing, chronic stress, it actually changes your brain and not in a good way. And look, I've seen this play out time and time again not just with my own clients, but I work with a lot of psychologists, I work with a lot of people in this space um, collaboratively, and we work hard to try and recover some of the damage or repair some of the damage that's done by chronic stress, and when you dig into it, it gets really quite scary. People they come to me. They're stressed out. They're wondering why they can't just seem to get anything done, or why they can't make any progress, or why they are a, a a shadow of the person that they that they were before. And here's the deal, right? Chronic stress. This is the kind that sticks with you day in, day out, day in, day out, day in. You like you can't escape this. And this type of stress, when you're in these stressful environments and again it, it doesn't just have to come from you it can come from your your environment or your leadership or um pressures from the from like even like legislation and things if you're a business leader these things can keep you up at night so think about those things that keep you up at night and that are on your mind first thing in the morning now these this type of chronic stress it can actually shrink your brain that's right. I said shrink your brain. In 2023, we are all body positive, but the only type of shrinkage you still need to be worried about is your brain, right? It can shrink it. It can thin out things like your prefrontal cortex. And that's from this prolonged exposure to stress hormones like cortisol, which can do a do. Irreparable damage to your hippocampus, to your prefrontal cortex. And those are the things that are responsible for things like learning and memory and executive functioning, decision making. Um so yeah, not not too much of a big deal, huh? We don't really need all of that stuff in business. But hold up, that this isn't all of it, right? There is more going on. Like this is a big people don't realize how much of a big deal this is. We think that we can go and do a little bit of yoga and meditation and Bob's your uncle, and it's 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 really a lot more going on than that. Not only does stress change the physical structure of your brain, but it can also change who you are as a person. When you are constantly in this fight or flight mode, which is what happens when we're being flooded with this cortisol all all of the time, is we're constantly ready to either fight or flight. When we're in that mode all the time, your brain is hyper-focused on one thing, and that one thing is survival. That's it, it doesn't recognise that you are actually safe, you're in a nice work environment where you are safe, you've got some friends here. No, it doesn't matter. You are in survival mode 24-7. And what that means is it means that you don't have the mental bandwidth to engage in more evolved um characteristics or abilities or skills like empathy or like compassion these are things that we developed as we evolved as humans and we became more self-aware and more aware of others so these are things that require the use of more evolved structures like that prefrontal cortex and when we don't have those things to uh, functioning optimally then we revert back to lesser evolved structures in our brain which puts us into this survival mode and when you're now this is not this is not like a, a scare tactic or anything like this like you actually end up being a less caring a less connected version of yourself and that's not even the worst part stress actually makes you dumber right? Stress actually makes you dumber because when you are stressed out, your brain is preoccupied with the perceived threat, right? Whether that's a looming deadline or a really bad boss or whatever it might be. Now, this means that you are less able to focus on the task at hand. You're more likely to make mistakes. And let's be real, like mistakes is is the most costly thing that we can do in business, right? We never want to make mistakes. And again, this isn't just me Talking about this stuff, I talk about this study that was done with farmers quite often because I think it's actually such a great example of um, how how stress and how survival mode makes us dumber. And I do say the word dumber intentionally because I'm talking about IQ. I'm talking about your ability to solve problems and actually think clearly and, and be a clever person. And this study done on farmers, they... They did some IQ testing on, on a whole bunch of farmers right before they harvest. They they had a harvest and then they did another one right after they did a harvest. And if you're not familiar with farmers, they basically get paid once a year. They get paid once a year from their big harvest. And if you've ever worked in communities with fa- farmers, you know right after a harvest most farmers are out there spending it up. They've got all the cash in the bank for the year. They're going out and having nice dinners. They're treating the family. They're buying some stuff. They're living it up. They are the furthest thing away from survival mode as possible. Now, when they get closer to harvest, this is when the coffers, they're running a little bit drier uh, and that really they're just worried about, am I going to make it through harvest? Am I going to have a good harvest? Because that defines what their whole entire next year is like and When there's a bad harvest, like, it is stressful. So there is this constant survival mode that farmers are in right before a harvest. And so they did an IQ test before a harvest when they're in survival mode and after harvest when they're not in survival mode, where they're not stressed out. And there was over a 10-point difference in their IQ. So this isn't just something that is affecting us on a day-to-day level in terms of how we feel. It's actually making you dumber, and stress can make you dumber. So it can make you dumber and it can change structures in your brain, right? This, this is the big takeaway here. It makes you less effective and it can change your brain structure for good. It can fit out that prefrontal cortex, which we see in dementia patients, right? And if you're doing that or if you're allowing that to happen to yourself when you're Imagine the damage that was done to you in your 20s, in those toxic work environments that you let yourself be in with a bad boss that was hyper-competitive to the point that it was just a little bit gross when you left there. You were like, I can't believe I worked there. That kind of environment can... Put you into early onset dementia essentially like you know when we look at the similarities between the brain it's pretty similar and that's really really scary for you to have done to your brain when you're in the first part of your career where you're in your 20s because for the rest of it you are just trying to make up with it so you need to find ways to manage it you need to find ways to make sure that it doesn't That you don't let stress take over your life because stress is not just a nuisance. It's a real threat to your success as a professional, as a professional with a long career. It literally makes you less smart and less capable of making good decisions. So if you want to be at the top of your game and if you want to stay at the top of your game, you need to learn how to manage that stuff. Now, I see this a lot. I see stressed out clients. I see stressed out teams. uh, I see tension in rooms as soon as I walk in. And as we start to let people know a little bit about the detrimental effects of distress on business IQ, that's when they go, okay, well, look, how do we manage this? The first question is obviously like, okay, there's two types of stress, eustress, distress, good and bad. How do I make the bad into the good because we want the good, and there are some techniques that you can do to manage stress and to promote you stress. Um, but it's also not entirely possible to completely in- eliminate stress, right? So you need to learn to get yourself out of the bad stress and sort of ride that good stress when you can and. There's things that we can do in the moment and there's things that we can do to make us better at this long term. So we talk a lot about uh, mindfulness meditation. This reduces stress. It improves cognitive uh, med- uh, cognitive function. Um, and this can be as little as a few minutes a day. Like you can, I love to do a 20 minute session twice a day if I can. Um, I like to do one in the morning, one in the evening. That's great. That's perfect. But I'll be honest, I got three kids. I run a whole bunch of businesses. I've got clients that rely on me. I Don't have time every single day to do 20 minutes of this and 20 minutes of that. If you're like me and twice daily 20 minute meditation sounds unlikely every single day, Do something at your desk, you know, three or four minutes at your desk to focus on your breath, clear your mind. This is a great start. This is at least something. Something is better than nothing. And this can actually work towards reducing your stress levels and promoting a sense of calm and well-being. And if you're doing it at your desk, if you're doing it at a similar time every day, for even for a few minutes, now you're starting to train your body and your brain that this environment is okay this environment doesn't need to come with a lot of stress you're also in if you're doing it regularly consistently at the same time you're impacting your circadian rhythms you're actually giving your body a really clear framework on how it can be a better version of itself and you're giving it permission to do that so take a few minutes every day to focus on your breath clear your mind even if it's at your desk if you can't do those 20 minutes right this is not all as woo 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 as it sounds this is all science-based right so I don't like the fluffy stuff. I don't like the stuff that's just sort of feel good. Um, but there's a lot of science behind the benefits of this and how it how it activates your parasympathetic nervous system and how it forms new neural connections in your brain as well. Something else that can do this is exercise. So if you find yourself really stressed, again, it is great to just go out and go for a run around the block, but we can't always do that. So you can go for a walk. Go for a walk at work. Go for a walk around the office. Like I'm often just pacing up and down our hallways here. And people will say to me, they're like, what are you doing? And I just say, I'm just getting my steps in. Just get my steps in, right? Because all I'm doing is trying to activate my body and trying to get some of those good chemicals flowing. So again, while a full blown workout is great, we don't always have time for that. If it means that you can go for a walk around the block, if it means that you can go for a walk in the courtyard, or if you can even just do walks, uh, some steps up and down the halls, do that, like it's still going to work to an extent, don't beat yourself up if you can't get to the gym every day, we've all got stuff that's going on, whether it's business, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's kids, whether it's sports, hobbies, we've all got stuff that gets in the way, for want of a better word, and just know that a walk around the block is better than sitting at your desk, in terms of your mental state, in terms of the chemicals in your body that you need, and in terms of just getting yourself in a position where you can be constantly leveraging stress to be successful. Now, we've talked about uh, a little meditation. We've talked about exercise. Remember that we're talking about those uh, deep breathing exercises as well, promoting relaxation, really easy stuff. But also, if you can engage in activities or hobbies that bring joy and fulfillment, um, these are great things as well. And and there's different things that you could do. You know, you can optimize your brain in different ways for different outcomes. And we always hear about the ones that promote relaxation and, and, and decrease stress like painting or hiking or playing an instrument. These are great. Make time to do this stuff. But again, if you don't have time to go and whip out the guitar and or if it's not appropriate for you to David Brant your uh, office colleagues because it's just a little bit weird, let's be honest, um, you can do other stuff. And other activities will get you in different mental states as well. Like if I'm trying to solve a really tricky problem, I will do some deep breathing. I will do some things that try and lock this into my subconscious and allow it to to think. But if I need to give it a little bit of a kickstart, I might do something a little bit different. My activity might be uh, a quick game on my phone, you know, something that's going to take me five, six, seven minutes to actually pull out and just play a really um, active type of a game, not like a Candy Crush, but like a Call of Duty type of a thing, one where it's going to get you a little bit fired up, and it's sort of going to overstimulate your brain as well, Um, because while we want to calm it down, there are times that we want to just make it go a little bit crazy, get it thinking a little bit differently, get it acting a little bit differently as well, shake things up try different things to get different results, right? It doesn't mean that I'm recommending this as your always to do thing. Uh, I'm saying use things to get different results. Try different stuff. Don't just try and bang your head up against the same brick wall. Maybe if you stop and have a look, you can actually walk around the wall or you can actually um, climb over the wall as well. Now, this can happen. It, great. If you've got an hour to dedicate this this to this every single day great if you've got 20 minutes okay if you've got a few minutes great use those few minutes it's going to just carve out those few minutes every day, which is going to help you to manage that stress and to promote that new stress. Now, in addition to this, look at your environmental factors. Consider changing your environment to reduce stress triggers. So, this could mean um, changing seating arrangements, this could mean changing who you're interacting with throughout the day, but it could also mean implementing flexible work schedules, promoting more work life balance for yourself or for your team, or even just making small changes to the workspace, like bringing in some plants allowing for more natural light, allowing for more time outside in the sun. This is going to help to create a more calming and a more relaxing environment. And look, this is like how long's a piece of string stuff as well. It can be affected by your lighting, by your sound pollution, um, by the uh, configuration of your desks. But start with the big stuff, get some plants in there, get some natural lights in there by changing your environment to promote you stress. This is how you can actually improve everybody's overall business IQ and help everybody to achieve greater success so that was a lot i know uh, but that is all that we do have time for today so let's leave it there folks stress it can make or break your business iq and if you're not careful you're going to end up swimming in a sea of distress with no way out with a brain that is flooded with negative energy but fear not my dear friends because there are ways to manage that stress and to promote new stress in your daily life If you're not performing at your best, if you're feeling a little bit itchy on the inside, it could be stress, right? But if you are feeling energized and fired up, that could also be stress. Take time to recognize the good from the bad and make sure that you understand that good stress only sticks around for a limited time only. It's like the Szechuan sauce at McDonald's. Get it while you can. But if it hangs around for too long, this is where chronic stress creeps in and this can do irreparable damage to our hippocampus, to our prefrontal cortex long-term. And if you are in a position of power, consider making changes to your organization's culture and promoting ways to reduce stress and to promote good stress. If you're not, you can take control of this yourself. Take deep breaths, put on some relaxing music, make plans to incorporate stress-reducing techniques into your daily routine and try and make them regular and consistent because remember, not all stress is bad, but it is up to you to manage it and to turn it into something good. And who knows, with a little mindfulness and a lot of self-care, you can become that successful stress-free professional that you've always dreamed of being so until next time keep exploring keep questioning and above all keep that prefrontal cortex firing bye now